Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, the show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And Guardians of the Galaxy 3, the final James Gunn Marvel movie and the final film in maybe one of the best trilogies in the MCU is coming out this week. And because of that, David and I are going to have a little movie draft that's connected to it. Uh, we've done one of these before. We had a lot of fun doing it. This is going to be our second iteration. We'll go back through and explain the rules and everything. We'll also talk about Guardians of the Galaxy 3 a little bit and preview it for this weekend. So that's coming up next. Sure. All right, David, I, I think it's no secret that neither one of us have really had as much passion for the MCU in the past 12 to maybe 18 months as we did in the, in the preceding six to 10 years. Yeah, correct. Guardians of the galaxy three is a little different though. And first, I think that the first guardians film, and I'm going to speak for both of us here. Cause I think I can is one of our favorites in the entire MCU. Um, yep. it's, it was kind of a departure at the time. It was a story that not a lot of people knew. The, the Guardians were kind of a C, maybe even D-list comic book team. Um, and James Gunn took it over. This director who had been known for kind of making quirky Hollywood films and kind of sleazy independent movies, but not really a whole lot of super mainstream stuff outside of the Scooby-Doo films, quite frankly. And... And those and are fire. that just became yeah, and those are those are great to watch. They're they're not like great movies, but they're they're hilarious and the jokes work, and you can kind of see the bones of a of a team up movie like Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. That comes out, it's great, and then we get Guardians Two, which I'm not super high on. I like it, I enjoy it, but for me, that's more of an average MCU movie. David, how do you feel about Guardians Two? Uh, I was the same way. I think movie was great, visuals were great. Uh, it was funny um actors did a good job the plot as a whole though just was felt very weak to me didn't make much sense to me so i'm i'm i have it middle of the pack but i guess in terms of like visually and just i mean it's 80s music it's hard to disagree with that it's still it's watchable it's not like i can't watch this watch it again if someone wants to watch it i'll absolutely watch it with them again but yeah right and and what that film had from the first one is james gunn set a consistent tone that he carried throughout the movies um and that's something that we expect from three although i've heard and seen some preliminary reviews say three is by far the darkest film um Mm. for the guardians which i think people are maybe forgetting the seriousness of the first two though uh because the first one is i mean yes it's it's a funny team up movie but it's like this band of misfits coming together and a lot of it is is peter quill trying to reckon with who he is and that's also the theme for the second one where he's dealing with his um personal relationship with gamora but also his father ego this third one i think is a rocket raccoon movie and it's going to be centered around his origins he's one of the more tragic Mm -hmm. characters in the mcu in my opinion David, how are, are you excited for this film or has the previous, you know, a man in the wasp quantum mania, and we can go even back further to maybe the little bit of letdown of Wakanda forever and Thor: love and thunder. And are, are you still really hyped for this film or is your excitement kind of waned because of recent MCU installments? No, I'm excited for this. Cause I trust James Gunn. Um, I trust what he's done. 
and it's his very last MCU movie. Um, this really feels like a, I'm going out with a bang, right? Uh, there's no hard feelings. Um, you know, I'm I'm in charge of a whole nother universe that arguably comic book wise is better than what the one I've been in. Uh, and he's like, I, I want to go out with a bang. And I, I don't think there's been any lost, you know, friendships or, or bad blood. So I trust him. Uh, he hasn't disappointed. Even if you look at uh, the Suicide Squad movies, like this new James Gunn style is crazy, but good and kind of fun. And um, so I, I'm very excited. I feel like this is one of the few, not few, it's not maybe fair to MCU to say that, but few like superhero trilogies or, you know, stories that that's left that I can trust. And cause you know, cause like Thor has a bad movie. Iron Man has a bad movie. Cap has a, you know what I mean? So it's like one of the few ones left. It's like, it could hold, you know, it could t- tie the, tie the bot, uh, the bow, excuse me on this kind of trilogy. So I'm very mm-hmm. excited. Mm-hmm. I think this is the, the, the trilogy that has the most consistent vision, um, mainly, you know, helped out by the fact that it, it has a consistent director, and core group mm-hmm. of actors, but also because the guardians for a while, and I believe in this film too, are separate. They, they weren't bound by, you know, once the Avengers started going, you, you even see films like Thor, the dark world kind of suffers. Cause you're like, why aren't the Avengers dealing with this mm-hmm. or threat to earth? And then you also get situations like captain America civil war, which is a good movie, but is a, it's an Avengers movie. It's not a captain America movie because you have yeah. to involve all of the Avengers in it. Guardians of the galaxy takes place so far away from that main arc that, they didn't really interact with, and you weren't really concerned about a potential team up with other Avengers until things like Infinity War and Endgame. And I'm glad that in Love and Thunder, they kind of jettisoned the Guardians away from Thor because quite frankly, I didn't want Thor in this film. I, I mm-hmm. thought that if we're going to end a trilogy, we need to end a trilogy the way we started, and I don't need other people. I expect yeah. there to be a couple of main character deaths in this, and I expect it to be wow. pretty pretty tough emotionally i wouldn't be shocked if rocket or if drax or even star lord um, doesn't make it through the end of this movie and i think that maybe this is one of the last mcu installments that feels like it has real stakes because that's what we liked about infinity war and endgame is we felt like there were stakes to those some of these movies, it feels like there's no stakes. One of my biggest complaints with Ant-Man and the Lost Quantum Mania was they just beat Kang in the end. Like this mm-hmm. insurmountable odds and they just, oh, we just won. And like, yes, there's going to be something something bigger down the line. But like they shouldn't have won. That, that shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. And so this feels like a movie that maybe they do end up winning or defeating the final villain, but they lose in some way. And I think the stakes are important. Because it's been confirmed that Drax, that... Uh, he's done, right? Dave Bautista is done with the MCU after this movie. He has said, he said in interviews, and he's used specific language, so he could interpret it as he's open to coming back, depending on what it is. But he said he doesn't want to cash any more checks, and he doesn't really want to be involved with a Drax that doesn't also involve James Gunn, which it's not going to. So it seems like yes, he's he's pretty much done, which is why I think that Drax probably dies in this film. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah, just seeing the trailer, like, I specifically have a, like, the video playing of Chris Pratt's Star-Lord just, like, screaming and, like, weeping. I'm like, oh, no. Like, so, 
something's gonna happen in this movie and uh yeah it looks it looks really intense um i'm excited for the soundtrack i'm excited for the visuals the performances like like we've we've said this and and you more specifically said this like i'm excited because i know what to expect because it's james gunn's guardians of the galaxy you know what i mean so i know what i'm really kind of showing up for in the grand scheme of things as far as what it's going to look like the music that's going to be playing the uh, performances that we've known you know come to love uh so yeah i'm excited um yeah, I, it's going to be good. Do we have initial kind of reviews and rankings, or have you kind of been avoiding that too, like me? I've been trying to avoid it. I've seen that it's gotten some mostly positive scores from critics. There's some people that have actually um, – I've seen some specific stuff just on Twitter where there's a lot of reviewers that they're getting rather split on the tone, and some of them like that it's a darker tone, and others feel like it doesn't really fit with the characters. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's not like, you know, I kind of wanted just to get one, just smash success in the MCU where we're just like, this is, this is it. We're done. And we don't have to, we don't have to deal with the, like, uh, you know, is this terrible or not? But I don't think that's possible anymore. We're not going to get another like black Panther or infinity war, or even captain America, the winter soldier, where it just comes out and people are like, yeah, this is fantastic. I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, so I, I'm still looking forward to this. I'm still very much excited. Plan on seeing an opening weekend. Well, and I think that's just the reason, like, like with anything, sports, entertainment, if it gets big enough, popular enough, people are going to hate it. Whether, I mean, some probably may not like it, but there's also people that hate it just because it's popular. And we've talked about this a lot in, in our yeah. podcasts of like, yeah, I can't like this because everyone does. And, um, you know, I know, understand some people do that as far as a, a job aspect. If you like, run like a podcast talking about movies it's nice to have you know different opinions nice to have different perspectives but if you're just like hating it and your little reason is because well everyone i know likes it so i can't like right really you know that so i think that's where we're running to with mcu well and they're the they're the biggest movies on the planet when they come out and there's it's now becoming because they've been less successful recently the mcu is becoming an easy punching bag um and a lot of that is is its own fault because yeah the last i would say four installments into this this franchise haven't been haven't been well received by most people and have underperformed expectations and you know they're the people are becoming inundated with content now and mcu is kind of the poster boy for you know pushing out maybe other movies that used to make money in theaters that now can't make money in theaters because everybody just saves up to go watch superhero movies Mm-hmm. And so th- that's why it's going to be popular. I think we're on the dip part. I think that there's going to be a then wait. You know, this goes in cycles. There is the wave of this sucks, this is terrible, and then there's the reclamation wave. We saw this with a movie like Star Wars: The Last Jedi came out. Everybody hated it. It's terrible. It's the worst Star Wars movie we've ever seen. We get Rise of Skywalker, and we start to get this wave of people come back and say, actually, The Last Jedi is good. Actually, The Last Jedi might be the best of the sequel trilogy. Actually, The Last Jedi might be better than the prequels. And I think that's going to happen with some of these MCU movies as well, or just the MCU as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is 150 minutes long, so two and a half hours. Um, That feels one of the franchise. That feels good. I think just knowing what we've known of like uh, Thor was right at two hours and we're like, oh, I could have like pushed that and I would have watched it, you know, and maybe Black Panther was like, wow, that was really long. Two and a half hours feels like it's pretty comfortable time limit. What do you think about that? 
it's a it's a finale. I think you have to spend spend more time. This this there's no way that they're gonna be able to wrap up everything they want to wrap up in ninety minutes, and I think do it well at this point. Um, so, uh, and I think there's gonna be a lot of flashback sequences. I I do think we're gonna really dive deep into Rocket Raccoon's origin story and kind of kind of build from from there, which is gonna take a little bit of time. Um, and all the like sorting things out with what's happening with Gamora. I mean, there's a lot of threads. There's a lot of threads that they have to tie together at the end here. Yeah. And I think James Gunn is making this as if this is the final time all of these characters appear in a movie, they will have completed arcs. There's not going to be any questions left. This doesn't seem like a movie where they're going to try and set up whatever is happening next in Marvel, whatever is happening next in phase five. I think this is just, this is its own separate story and they want to wrap it up here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, actors that you would expect to be in this are in it. Chris Pratt, star Lord, Zoe Saldana, Gamora, Bradley Cooper, rocket, Dave Bautista, Drax, Sean Gunn as Craglin, which is always kind of fun. Vin Diesel, Groot, Mantis, Nebula. So kind of, what we expected. Warlock's in there. Sylvester Stallone uh, makes an appearance, which he's made appearances in. Um, he's he's one two. of the he's one of the Ravagers, right? I think that's yeah. it. Like he's yeah. Stakar Ogard. So yeah, yeah. It, this doesn't seem like some like just again another cameo loaded movie. Like this is what Guardians of the Galaxy is, and I think we're gonna get James Gunn's best. So I'm I'm really excited for it. Mm-hmm. Me too. So you're probably wondering, okay, what's the movie draft that they're going to do related to Guardians of the Galaxy 3 release? And it's a little bit of a stretch, but I think it's one that still makes sense for us to do. The first Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out in 2014. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were kind of trying to come up with ideas to connect it because we thought that just talking about the two previous Guardians of the Galaxy movies wasn't necessarily going to be enough uh, to kind of carry an episode. So we went back and looked, and 2014 is an absolute banger year for a film. Um, and so we're going to be doing a 2014 movie draft. David, how many movies have you seen in this year? Do you have a do you have a total? Yeah, I watched 65 films and that were have been released in 2014. Okay, I think I've seen 76. Although some of these are not feature films, so I'm probably around 65 actual feature films because some of them are limited series that account on letterbox and other things like that so yeah i'm at i'm at like 62 i think cosmos true detective those aren't technically movies but most of mine are movies um so about you know 60 to 65 so um i I already said it right this is one of the great years is this a year that you think people think about as being great so because first of all you have 1999 you have 1975 you have 2019 and 2007 are the ones that i think of first as like great movie years and if you're wondering right now you're like i don't really see that go back and look and if you look at the movies that came out that year you're gonna be like oh crap uh that's fantastic I don't really think about 2014, and I was kind of shocked when I looked back at this. Do you think this is maybe one of the best years we've had, let's say, in the 21st century? It has to be up there. Uh, I, I I was the same way. I didn't realize. I knew, like, a couple of these are in my top ten favorite movies. A couple – actually, what's crazy is five of these movies are in my top 50 movies um, of all time. Yeah, that's not. That's all I need to say, just from my opinion of, like, yeah, this is a really, really good year. Yeah, and it's a year that, you know, this is obviously the MCU is in full swing at this time, but we're still getting huge, like, 
maybe not money-wise, but huge movies from big-time directors and stars that aren't necessarily MCU films. This is the beginning of the John Wick franchise. This is when a Tom Cruise has a movie. Jake Gyllenhaal has one of his best performances. You have a Nolan movie, of course. You have one of the, you have two of maybe the top ten MCU movies in there. You know, there there's still we're still getting a lot of those mid tier stuff as well. There's a lot of good, solid like three to three and a half star films that I would rewatch. Yeah, uh, but wouldn't ever put in my favorites. You know, there there's a lot of those. I think this is just a really solid year, and it is a little top heavy, but the top is really good. Um, I have a couple a couple of these movies in my top 50 as well, um, and one that is in my top 10. So I, I, I yeah, I, I think this is great. And I was I was caught off guard. So how this draft works, um, if you didn't listen to the first time we did it, it, we're only drafting movies that were released in the United States in theaters in 2014. And we have six categories those six categories are dumb fun which is a film that is maybe not very good in terms of critical acclaim but is a fun movie to put on and watch and you're gonna have a good time prestige pick this is a movie you would say this is one of my favorite movies of all time this is one of the greatest movies ever made this is a movie that you would try to show to people if you were trying to get them into movies star vehicle this is a movie built around one person and their performance. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a great movie, but it has to be a movie that features a great performance from them. Great director. Pretty self-explanatory. This is a movie made by a great filmmaker. doesn't have to be their best film, but it's a film where you can see their filmmaking prowess in there. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't probably put a dud from this filmmaker in that list. Worst movie. This is the only one where we're going to try to intentionally pick a terrible film. Um, Pretty self-explanatory. And- 2014 has some heaters in this category, David. <laughs> There's also a couple of terrible movies. And then Wildcard, of course, which is just, we put it in there because it's a it's the slot where you can put anything you want and talk about it. So uh, David went first on the last draft. I will be going first on this draft. And I have already picked out, slated my pick. I will be going with Prestige pick here. David knows where I'm going probably already because it's the only five-star movie I have here. And that is David Fincher's Gone Girl, released in 2014 and actually filmed in the town in which I currently live and will be living in for about three more days. And I'm going to watch this tonight because I'm watching it with a friend who has never seen it um, and also lives in this town. So Gone Girl, um, the a whodunit, psychosexual thriller uh, masterpiece from Fincher that features one of the best villain performances of all time um, in Rosamond Pike's character. I, 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 this is just great. I, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it because quite honestly, I'm realizing that a lot of people haven't seen this film. Um, this is expert filmmaking from Fincher. Uh, he's He's notorious for kind of these cold and brutal films and getting great performances out of actors. This is another one. This film's very dark. Um, it's kind of, there's, there's not a lot of hope in it, but it's, it's expertly written. It's, it's a black comedy at many points. It, it's funny. Um, and it's, it, especially for the first time that you watch it, it's a movie that you don't know what's coming next and it takes you along the journey and everything makes sense. And the way that, mm this this story that of a a woman going missing in a small Missouri town 
um, kind of unspools it is like magnificent and you start to see twists and turns. It's got fantastic performances, not from just your lead actors, Ben Affleck, Rosamond Pike, but also people like Tyler Perry, Carrie Coon, Kim Dickens. Uh, the, the weakest character for me is Neil Patrick Harris, but he's still pretty good in it. Um, I, it's great. And it's a movie about the depravity of um, both men and women and relationships and marriage. Um, and it's, it's, it's not going to give you a lot of hope, but it's, it's a fantastic movie. David, I know you've seen Gone Girl. I know you like Gone Girl. Um, so just tell me how you feel about this film. Yeah, I love it. That's one of the, one of the movies in my top 50. Um, really good, really intense. Um, I, honestly, it doesn't surprise me that not a lot of people have seen this because it's pretty like polarizing, pretty offensive. Like the, in every like main category of like language or, um, you know, whatever you want to name, like it's pretty intense. So like, I'm not surprised that it's probably scared people away of like, not the time mm -hmm. or I'm not into that kind of movie. You know what I mean? So like, it makes sense. And I am nothing against somebody that hasn't watched it or maybe um, that wasn't, you know, didn't enjoy it because of that. But if you can kind of look past that and uh, just, I mean, it's David Fincher and the, yeah. the tone, the tone of his movies, the pace of his movies, Ben Affleck, um, incredible and hot take. Ben Affleck isn't great, like in every one of his movies. He, I think he only has you know a handful that he's actually really good in, and I think this is one of them. And uh, shout out to Air, I want to see that. I haven't yet. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no, it, really, really good movie. You got to be in a certain mood to watch this bad boy because it is deep. Uh, yeah, and it this is, is heavy. Yeah, it's it's two and a half hours. It's a long film, and it's not an easy watch. But it is another in in the great Fincher crime films. This is, this is a crime movie, um, just like Seven, just like Zodiac. Uh, you could even argue some people would. I, I might. The Social Network is, quite frankly, a crime film as well and the way that it is set up, kind of, mm -hmm. because it's, it's all really around litigation um, and, and whether or not Mark Zuckerberg committed this crime. And, and Fincher does that better than any director, I think, mm -hmm. that's ever lived, quite frankly. And I'm very excited. He has a movie coming out about uh michael fassbender's character this year that is going he's going to be a cold-blooded hitman uh so i'm there because i always love fincher so gone girl easy first pick for me david you have the next two picks so what do you got i think just i i, I think i'm gonna fill prestige pick as well i mean i think that may be the first one that like has to go as, as far as the category that it is and you already are probably typing it in um but for my prestige pick i'm gonna go with interstellar Christopher Nolan directed movie um and honestly I feel like Interstellar's a movie honestly probably Gone Girl is which this is why it's a prestige pick it could probably land in m multiple categories here um yes but yeah starring Matthew McConaughey Anne Hathaway Jessica Chastain uh Michael Caine who appears in I think every single one of Christopher Nolan's films mm -hmm. Casey Affleck makes an appearance uh John Lithgow um, Matt Damon, I forgot about him. Uh, yeah, and, and many more um, actors that you would recognize. But uh, yeah, it's essentially um, they understand in this in this in this movie they understand that Earth is dying and that they cannot you know live on Earth for that much longer. That much longer being you know maybe a couple hundred five hundred years. That's not like next. It's not like next week, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea is they're sending uh, a spaceship 
to other planets, you know, to see, okay, are these, are these inhabitable? Can we continue the human race of elsewhere? Uh, and that the, the, the movie is essentially following that journey of trying to get to planets to see, okay, can, can, um, can life continue? And I guess maybe this wouldn't be surprising. If you think about the plot, it is, it is surprisingly like just a really emotional film. It's actually kind of mm-hmm. a heavy film as well in a different way oh, of Gone Girl. Absolutely. Uh, and just, um, you know, leaving his Jessica Chastain. I believe she's, is she 10 when she, when he leaves 10 or 12 when he leaves. And, um, just a really, really, I mean, one of the more visually stunning movies I've ever seen. Um, I think it's probably one or two and, uh, yeah, really, really good. Um, actually helped scientists discover what a uh, black hole looks like, which is kind of crazy that a movie did that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's highly rated. You know, critics, I think critics are on opposite sides. I think a lot of critics love it, and a lot of critics are like, you know, that's not top three for Nolan. Um, but I think people-wise, outside of critics, I think a majority of people enjoy it. I haven't heard many like people that didn't enjoy it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anybody that hates this movie. Um, yeah. I, and I say that as a person who's not near as high on it as David. I still have it rated four out of five stars, by the way. Um, it's one of the most scientifically dense, like, mainstream films. Like, there's a lot of, like, science in this. But but the way that Nolan explains it, most of the time, for me, it works. Um, and you understand what's going on. You understand a lot of it is about the passage of time, quite frankly. Um, and... Uh, it, this is by many considered to be Nolan's magnum opus. It's certainly the film that he's doing the most in. I mean, this is an audacious undertaking. It's nearly yeah. three hours long. Um, it's got to take you to multiple different planets, try to explain how black holes work, different dimensions work. Um, and it, it also like is has the, which I think Nolan is maybe better at this than anybody else, has those intense just action scenes. In a movie where it's not like they're not fighting anybody. There's not like actual there's like one fight in this film. It's not like a the Dark Knight where it is an action film. But yeah. you know, the docking scene you think about is like one of the most intense scenes in film. And mm-hmm. and it's so great. And I think that the the standout for me, despite me being a little lower on this film than you, I mean Hans Zimmer, this might be his best yeah. score. It's so yeah. Like Cornfield Chase is one of the most iconic like film scores ever. Everybody knows it as soon as they hear it. And, and Zimmer just adds just a certain level of, of depth, but also um, just emotional weight to all yeah. of these scenes with what he's playing and the callbacks. That's almost more than the performances. What will bring you to tears is the music. Mm. Um, and so I, I, I will never... Uh, besmirch David for loving this film as much as he does. I just don't. I wish I did, quite frankly, because it seems like there's a whole interstellar high. There's a lot of people that love it, and I'm just mm-hmm. I I like it a lot. I just don't love it. So, when's the last time you watched it? Uh, it's probably been four or five years, so I should probably pop it in again. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious, and it's it's tough because I I love it so much. I know you naturally will like. You're not going to not like it just because I love it. But there's that aspect of like... But there's the, there's the is this as good as David thinks it is? Exactly. I'm always so going to be looking anyway. Yeah. I, I so, do think if... I, I didn't see this film in theaters, which is just... I don't know why. I just didn't. And I think that if I saw this film in theaters, I probably would just be out on the front lines being like, Interstellar is a five-star movie. If you don't think it's a five-star movie, you're the biggest idiot on the planet. Do you... Cinema. <laughs> have you ever heard of cinema? 
and yeah. just because I didn't, and I have a different experience, I think maybe that might color it a little bit. And, you yeah. know, as much as we don't like that movies are a product, oftentimes in our brains, how we think of them is when we see them. And yep. when I saw it, I just, I think I had a more critical, critical vision yeah. than probably a person who went in opening weekend. So. Yeah. Well, it's cool. Hans Zimmer was actually asked recently. I saw it on my TikTok. Like, what has been your favorite score that you've done? And he was like, Interstellar. Um, which makes sense. I think he was snubbed of an Oscar. I've watched Grand Budapest Hotel, and this is yeah. Far the score is not the score is not the best part of that film. It's so good. I don't know. But it's, I don't know how Hans did not win an, an Oscar for this. For this, it blows me yeah, away. Um, but Interstellar is my prestige pick. Um, it's actually my favorite movie of all time. I know it's top three. I don't know. I don't know where my. I don't know where it's right now. But it's top they three. Rotate. Yeah, that's okay. All right, David, you got another pick because we're we're snaking it here. So you got two. So what's your second one? Yes, and I'm contemplating, and I think I know where I'm going to go with. I think I'm going to go with great director next. And ooh, I just realized I have a couple. I'm going to go with what I was going with originally. I'm going to choose uh, Whiplash. Damien Chazelle yep. directed. Uh, Starring Miles Teller, J.K. Simmons, um, other people, but really just those two, honestly. Um, yeah, this is Damien Chazelle is nice. actually a pretty, pretty, pretty young actor. This is only his. This was his. This is his first feature first? film. Yeah, okay. This I was is like, his is it for first sure? feature film. He, yeah. <laughs> he literally. Yeah. He, yep. So Damien Chazelle, when he made this movie, was twenty nine. Um, and this is his, he'd made shorts and stuff like that before actually made a whiplash short. Um, and then this is his first feature film and he, and he made this like that's That's insane, dude. It's a 4.4 4 out of five on letterbox over 500,000 five-star ratings. And it's the 27th highest, uh, movie on the app ranked movie on the app. Um, and honestly, the whole movie is JK Simmons and miles Teller, um, two mm -hmm. just stellar performances. Um, I'd have to look. I think J.K. won, and I think Miles was nominated, but I'd have to look to confirm as far as mm -hmm. Oscar-wise. And it is just back and forth, so good. Um, J.K. is about... He might be... This might be one of the more mean characters I've ever seen in a movie. Um, just with... He is brutal. I mean, it is... It's bad. Uh, and But it's good. Like, J.K. Simmons is so good at making you hate his character, and he's just so brilliant at it. Uh, and Miles Teller, which that kid looks young, um, in one of his first movies as well, just really, really does well. Love the movie. It's a, it's actually, for those who don't know, he goes to a drum conservatory, a music conservatory, and Miles Teller is a drummer, a freshman student. And J.K. Simmons is the composer of the band that he, the, the top band uh, in this conservatory. Obviously, Miles Teller wants to get in that band. He's heard of J.K. Um, before he got there, and he's the reason he went to this conservatory, this college. And uh, that's the process, right, of, of him getting there. Man, it's good. Uh, mm -hmm. Really, really good. I just rewatched it, and I was like, yep, this is five-star to me. I am confident in that. Uh, and, yeah, it's in, this is in my top 50 as well. Some of the most horrendous insults I've ever heard just filmed are in this movie. Um, and it's based, uh, Chazelle was a musician and, and this is based on his own experience with that. Um, Dude, and this is also, pocket. yeah, so this is, I, I, and there's a lot of people go, you couldn't make this movie now. I, I 
I think you probably could. It'd be the same. Like we're, it's very clear that J.K. Simmons is not the hero. But also, yeah. Miles Teller isn't either. His character sucks, and he's a bad person. And that we get to see that throughout the movie. And kind of the end of the movie is is him kind of becoming a fully formed, you know, person who, who is what he wants to be his whole life, which is a famous musician. But he clearly doesn't care about his family. He doesn't care about his friends. He doesn't care about anything else. It's this single minded drive and i think that one of the things that colors this film for a lot of people is the people that just look at it incorrectly i mm. i think that chazelle is making a commentary and saying yeah great art requires uh maybe the destruction of self and people take that and say okay that means that it's worth it but i don't think that's what chazelle is saying i think chazelle mm. is saying no, it's not worth it to do this. It's not worth it to destroy yourself always to make great art. There's other ways. Um, yeah. David, do you think that this movie has more of an impact on you because you are a musical person and yourself play drums? Or do you think that that, no matter what, you would still love this five stars? I think the the aspect of me knowing and loving music would probably impact me more than playing drums uh, i don't think as a drummer this like has a huge because like I, I played the drums growing up but i never had a desire to like be this a, a different kind of drummer drumming. yeah I, I i never even was like oh i want to go to conservatory i want to be a professional drummer i want to be in a symphony i never had that but just understanding music and like the the difficulty and the little detailed and the specificity and um keeping time just different stuff like that of like this is miles teller's actually playing this right now i think i i appreciate this movie more because of that yes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and hit learning that he actually like learned he didn't play all of it but he learned he like for like six months he like learned to play drums and yeah. a portion because he is a musician yeah himself. And a decent portion yeah. he played these drum solos and i'm just like dude that's crazy that that's mm -hmm. insane to me so mm -hmm. yeah uh i love i i love whiplash too it's great it's a great film. Um, again, as apparently is the theme on this podcast. I'm not as high on it as David is, but I still I still love it. And I think it's it's still Chazelle's best film, um, which is kind of it's not an easy thing to say, because I think Chazelle, I I've he's made four just kind of smash hit movies. I haven't seen First Man yet. I need to. It's I haven't either. It's not available it. anywhere or I would. But I like. I think La La Land is easily the best musical I've ever seen, and a, a musical that I wouldn't mind rewatching. Which, for people that know me, know that's 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 extremely that's, high praise for a musical. Huge, and then Babylon's huge. a movie. I came out of it the first day thinking nah, I did not like that, and it, it's grown on me. And I think it's actually one of the greatest films of last year. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where David and I differ on. I think on that opinion. So there's a little bit of that. Uh, my next pick. Uh, normally you would, we would have to pick to compete against each other in the categories and you don't have another great director pick but just in case you want to take this somewhere else i don't think you would i'm taking grand budapest hotel and i'm going to be taking it in great director um i've said this before on this podcast wes anderson was not my guy for a while i stayed away from his movies because i thought i wouldn't like them um, because of the the style, because I didn't know a lot about his comedy, I just knew a lot about his visual style. I thought it, the visual style, I don't like that. This movie is hilarious. I, it's so funny. His dialogue is so funny. the The absurdest way that he chooses to have characters hold conversations um, is great. It, this is a film set at a 
hotel in Europe during World War II. It's a fictional country. Um, it stars Ray Fiennes, uh, F. Murray Abraham, Adrian Brody. It's got his troop in it. It has Carvey Keitel, Jude Law, Bill Murray's in it, of course. Edward Norton, Saoirse Ronan, Jason Schwartzman. It's got every. It's got every you know hallmark of a of a Wes Anderson movie. I think this might be his magnum opus. This might be his best film. Um, I, I, yeah, I, it's just, it's great. It's, it's heartwarming at times, but mostly it's hilarious. It's also like you see, I think what's funny about Wes Anderson films is he contrasts these darker themes with these bright, vibrant sets and colors mm -hmm. and everything is symmetrical and perfect. And mm -hmm. then he's, he's always talking about something deeper. And this is like a story inside of a story inside of a story. Um, so, you know, they may be able to get away with some unreliable narrator stuff. I, this is just great. This film's great. I love it. Um, I, I, I think it's maybe his funniest movie and it's the one that he was most recognized for. He, he got a lot, a mm. lot of Oscar nominations for this film. Um, and a lot of people think he's fallen off since because he hasn't really reached the heights of this, but I, I, I don't know that he can. <laughs> I mean, this, this is almost a perfect movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this movie, now, of the four we've picked, this is also in my top 50. Um, I do think I do think it's his best movie. Um, it won four Oscars and was nominated for five others, including Best Motion Picture of the Year. Um, yeah. Should have won three Oscars. We don't have to talk about that, though. We already talked about that with Interstellar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I but get no, this I, perfect. I, uh, I love it. Um, I think you said just about everything that needs to be said. I, I do think it's his best. Um, I mean, I don't think that's kind of a weird opinion. Like, oh, he, he's not made another Grand Budapest Hotel. He's declining. Like, okay, it's if you've made your best movie, it's kind of hard to top that. Um, yeah, and it's not like he's still making crap, good movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very excited for Asteroid City. Um, yeah, that yeah. movie looks insane, especially with the cast that it has. It looks like it's going to be hilarious. Yeah, so I'm very like, excited I, for that. Isle of Dogs came out in 2018, and I don't think it's better than Grand Budapest, but it really, really works for me, and I really enjoyed that. So, dude, right. just and I, I, am a defender of the French Dispatch. I think that, yeah. I think that movie's great too. No one can replicate or copy the way he directs, which is just must be really nice for him. Of like, no one can do Wes Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> except you for can't, West, You know, you can't. There's not even like rest Wes ripoffs, at least that I know of. Maybe there's some really small filmmakers, but there's not like, you know, when Tarantino was at the height of his powers, which not, again, not saying Tarantino's making, you know, drivel now, he's still making good films. <laughs> but everybody in the 90s was trying to do this like tough, gritty, like action, action film that doesn't actually have a lot of action, has a lot of banter back and forth and is social commentary and his pop culture commentary. There were a lot of Tarantino ripoffs. Three Days in the Valley is one of the most famous of them. I, you can't really do that with Wes. Like everything he does is so unique and so him that I don't even, other people just don't even try it. I, I They genuinely are just like this. I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. I, I have, I have another pick um, and I, I'm debating where to go here. Um, I think David probably knows too. I'm a very predictable person when it comes to these. I'm going to take in, um, in star vehicle. I'm going to take the edge of tomorrow. Um, which is, uh, a Tom Cruise, uh, science fiction film from this year. 
where he starts alongside Emily Blunt in a Groundhog Day-esque plot. The Groundhog Day plot, if you're not familiar, is where you repeat the same day over and over and over again. This is set in an alien invasion, something with a... I'm not going to explain the whole inner machinations of, of how he does this. What, David? Before you tell me, this may be a dumb question. Who is your star in this star vehicle pick Edge of Tomorrow. This actually, this is actually up for debate because, quite frankly, this is a Tom Cruise movie, but it also established Emily Blunt as like this action heroine who I don't think they capitalized on, and they should have. I mean, she's been in subsequent action films since um, the Quiet Place films. Um, she was in Looper, but she's not in, an action part in Looper. Um, you know, Sicario, I guess you could say. So this could be her star-making performance, but this was a Tom Cruise vehicle. And this is another collaboration between Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie, who has kind of been his, you know, production screenwriting partner through the last however many years, helped him with Top Gun Maverick, has obviously been involved in the Mission Impossible franchise. This is one of the last, I think, major swing non-IP films that a studio Mm. has made edge of tomorrow is based on a previous novel. Um, but it's, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not, it's a huge blockbuster movie that isn't, doesn't have any connections to a reboot franchise in the eighties or anything like that. I I genuinely, I just watched this movie recently, like a week ago. It's fantastic. I, it's so much fun. The, the last, the last third, the, the actually just the final climax isn't great, isn't perfect. And, and a lot of part, the problem with that is they didn't actually have that written until they got to it. So they were really? writing that wow. as that. Yeah. When they started production for this film, there was no, there was no final, final climax, but this is, this is, I think the quintessential Tom Cruise action film um, because it has the hallmarks that he always has in his action movies. He has kind of somewhat romantic chemistry with another female lead, but it's almost like not really, it doesn't really work and you're not really rooting for them to get together. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, it, it throughout the course of this movie, he becomes the best on earth at whatever he's doing, which this does differ a little bit. Most Tom Cruise movies, you start the movie and he's already amazing at whatever his job is. He <laughs> has to become that in this film. Yeah. It's got yeah. the dry, like, Tom Cruise sense of humor. It's got great action set pieces. It has a couple of emotional speeches from him. It's just really good character and star work from him. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow is great. Uh, and it didn't make a lot of money, which is why we don't have a sequel. It, it pretty much barely, if it went slightly under making back its budget in theaters. And then obviously it's had this kind of second life cult hit, um, uh, you know, when it, when it went to streaming and, and DVD and stuff. It's also got just like Bill Paxton, this movie made me realize how much I miss Bill Paxton because he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just he's just going up to eleven or twelve in every single scene. And yeah, we already mentioned Blunt, but Emily Blunt. Um, I mean, the push up, right? We all know the push up. Everybody has that has seen this movie remembers the push up, and that's all I need to say. David, how do you feel about Edge of Tomorrow? Really, really good movie. I think. I grew up watching this on FX, not really appreciating the movie that it is. I'm like, oh yeah, Edge of Tomorrow's on. This is fun. Um, the whole family can watch this because, you know, it, it's not too much in any certain category. So family night, let's do it. 
uh, I really enjoy this movie. I want to revisit this. It's on HBO, so I really should. Um, but you're right. Didn't, it wasn't nominated for any uh, Oscars. It uh, Opening weekend, it actually only made $28 million. Uh, budgeted for 178 million. Um, mm-hmm. So you're right. You're right in that, like, as weird. Of course, looking back, hindsight, how this movie flopped with the people that are in it, and honestly, just the movie that it is. But yeah, it has had it has had a resurgence. But I, I really enjoyed this. Um, I, I think it's a I think it's a very high quality movie. This is famously uh, also one of the more troubled productions of the 21st century, which they think contributed a lot because this was a a script that was you know, going around on Hollywood for years. It was on this list called The Blacklist, uh, which if you ever hear about that, that is just popular but un unpublished scripts in Hollywood. So this was a movie that was in production, started up and stopped multiple times, was very expensive to make. There's a lot of CGI, but there's also just a lot of practical stuff. Like in this movie, they built Heathrow Airport, the um, kind of base of operations. They built a replica of that. The suits that they're wearing are practical suits that they're actually using, um, which helps because sometimes films like this go CGI heavy, and then in ten years, you, you know, it doesn't age well. This movie has aged well CGI wise, and it has. I, I before before we move on, one of the most amazing twenty first century action sequences is they just essentially recreate D Day over and over again in this film but just with aliens and mech suits and it's amazing i mean it's not yeah. gonna reach saving private ryan d-day but it's still like the first time you get dropped on the beach it's unbelievably cool how yeah. how good that action shot is so yeah good pick it's a good pick well honestly and my last thing that's pretty telling how good the movie is if we are like which which performance is this star vehicle pick like there's mm-hmm. even a discussion of there was multiple performances so good that you know it's not that obvious so that that's yeah, yeah good pick i mean emily blunt in this movie um uses a helicopter blade as a sword and just m- murders a- aliens by the dozen it's fantastic i if you don't like that i don't really care to hear your opinion quite frankly so about yeah, movies right about well just... Just move on let's just move on. <laughs> um I think I'm going to fill Star Vehicle 2. I feel like the three we're filling are the three like top ones that we're trying to get before we lose a movie. Um, yeah. I'm looking. I think I already know what I'm going to do. You probably know too. Uh, for my Star Vehicle, I'm going to choose Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nightcrawler, directed by Dan Gilroy, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Bill Paxton, oddly enough, is in this as well. Wow, what a Bill. What a guy. Love Bill Paxton. You'll you're Riz Riz Ahmed and then Rene Russo um also, but really it's a Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Uh and this eh, this movie's intense. Um essentially he's he's desperate for work and he finds his way into the Los Angeles crime uh, the the profession of Los Angeles crime journalism. Um essentially first on the scene at a fire, first on the scene at a crash, you got the footage. And then news stations around offer you monies for that clip to show on their, you know, nightly news station. And that's kind of how these journalists make their living is who can get their first, who can get the best shot. And then mm-hmm. the, the, the TV station buys it from them. Well, the thing with, with Jake Gyllenhaal's character, um, Lewis Bloom, he almost has, I think he has a little bit of an issue, maybe a little bit of a screw loose. He's, and he's, Yeah, there's something and wrong. He, 
And you find yourself wondering, is he crossing the line to get this footage? Is he pushing things too far to get this shot? That is a good shot. So yeah, you, you kind of find yourself along, you know, along for the ride as he gets better at this and get things get more intense until the climax at the end of the movie. Um, if you haven't watched this, I suggest you do. Really, really good. This it is pretty deep. It's kind of a darker movie, um, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's too like intense in a specific area. Um, but yeah, I I like this movie. Uh, this, I'd have to look. I think this might be in my top 50 as well. Cause I, I it mm-hmm. really works for me. I gave it a four and a half out of five. So what are your famously, thoughts? On famously a film where Dylan Hall was snubbed from even a nomination for best actor, which is just looking back is ab- abhorrent. Yep. Um, it is, it's his tax driver. It, it, it's, it's 21st century taxi driver. Um, and, and that the main character, the protagonist is this scuzzy, um, often morally bankrupt guy that you don't want to root for. Um, and it, this is also a, a commentary on, on, on media, on specifically television news, the idea that many people have probably heard where if it bleeds, it leads. And, yep. and not just, you know, the, the terribleness of, of, of Louis Bloom, but also somebody like Rene Russo, who seems to maybe create lines and saying, we're not going to cross this, but always enables it in favor of a better story and more viewers because they're all competing to, to see who can scare the crap out of their audience the most. And it's also a comment on race relations. You know, one of these things is that he ignores crimes that happen in predominantly black neighborhoods because that's not going to scare white viewers. What scares white viewers is home invasions in suburbs um things like that so this is a movie that has a lot more to say than just this guy's bad look at him be bad and do bad stuff um and it it, i think it's it's still very poignant you know nine years later um uh, yeah this is is a movie that's been memed now to this point because it's become part of all those tiktok compilations or like Bet the best acting or whatever because Jalen Hall has a famous freak out in front of a mirror in this movie, but it really is just like a a genuinely unsettling performance from him. Yeah, um, and another classic like I think Jalen Hall just only takes roles if he can scream at people. He's a <laughs> big time screamer. He loves to scream in a film. I just watched um, the, the guilty? guilty a week ago, which I did not like. Um, but that is another movie where he's just, for most of it, is just screaming at people on the telephone. So I think that's just his bag. I think he just enjoys that. Uh, yeah. But this is this is really effective. I'm, I, I made I made I made divulge from you a little bit and say that this is one of the movies that's like this is a movie that you might want to like plan to watch it to where you have something to cheer you up before you go to bed. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't end your night with Nightcrawler because if you end your night with Nightcrawler, you're just going to be like, oh wow, so everything's terrible. There's nothing we can do to stop the the scourge of capitalism and TV news and what it's done to our society, um, and it's hopeless. And bad people win. Uh, <laughs> so maybe maybe plan. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't know. Just watch something. Watch some. Watch Blue might, afterwards or something. I don't know. My my next pick might be something you can kind of follow follow your night up with. How's that sound? Yeah. Yeah. Give it. Give us. Give us that one because you're so, you are up. For my, I'm gonna do wild card. I think, I think for my wild card, I think in honor of this weekend, I'm gonna go with the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Fantastic choice. Very, it's. I I would be surprised to see this out of a lot of people's top fives uh, of their MCU rankings. 
Um, it's fun. It's visually stunning. We've talked about it. The music is honestly, the music in this movie kind of started a weird trend of like other like movies having eighties music and a resurgence and not that it, I mean, I've always listened to the seventies, eighties music, but it just feels a lot more prevalent in movies and in our culture with like this, just guardians of the galaxy, just strictly using seventies and eighties music and performances are great. James Gunn is funny. His comedy that he's added in this and really, really, really like this movie. Um, it's one of the better MCU movies that have been made. So yeah, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy. It's my, it's my number one. Um, I remember having to drag my father to the theater to see it with me because I was 14 and couldn't drive. And I was like, come on, it's the new MCU movie. We got to go see it. It looks like it's going to be great. And he's like, isn't there a talking tree in this? Like, I'm not watching this crap. This looks terrible. <laughs> And I was like, dad, we got it. And he's like, okay. And so we show up and we're watching it. We get done. I, he was still mad at me because I made him sit through all the credits. Cause I saw that there was an end credit scene. The end credit scene was just like five seconds with Howard the duck. And he was like, <laughs> I hate you. And I understand completely. Um, but we got out of there and he was like, yeah, that was, that was amazing. And it's the, it's the movie that my family has watched the most. I, I, might be out of turn, um, but I think it's one of my mother's favorites as well. It's one of the few MCU wow. movies that my brother's even seen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just like the perfect like science fiction comedy, I think, um, and almost like gets you away from the the classic superhero story. It, it was a, di- a divergence from that, and that's why I think I enjoy it so much. So, all right, um, I, I'm up. And I, I'm going to actually snag a movie that is terrible because I think it may be the front runner for uh, worst film I've ever seen. There's two, to, there's actually three movies this year that I've given a half star. <laughs> um, um, and this movie is going to piss off a lot of people who have Reagan Bush 84 t-shirts, the, the one that I'm about to pick, but God's not dead. Um, oh. God's not dead, but film might be after this. This is one of just the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It is classic, um, cheesy Christian filmmaking where the only the only thing that they had was a message and they had no script or story. They've gone on to make like, I, I think like five sequels, four or five sequels. Yeah. Uh, okay. They've made three. They've made four films. Um, okay. And they've also just evolved into like political commentary just on, on, you know, like the last one is God's not dead. We, the people, and it's about an attack against homeschooling. I, I struggle. I, I went, I, I saw this um, actually uh, right around when I became like, well, right after I was baptized for the first time when I was in middle school or high school and um, I thought it was terrible then. And then I went and we actually were, at, I'll never forget. We went to my high school youth group and the, the preacher said it was terrible. And, and when the youth group leader <laughs> is up there like this Christian movie sucks, you know, it's bad guys. It, it has every stereotype in the book. Good Christian uh, kid who's going to like, you know, promote God wherever. And he's going to, he's standing up to the big, bad, evil, atheist, liberal professor who hates everything and everybody, but is actually just mad because he lost someone. And this movie ends with one of the worst endings I've ever seen where they're going to like, I like a revival or newsboys concert, like newsboys (laughs) make an appearance. 
Okay. Yeah. Newsboys concert. Uh, and the atheist professor who was like, has a change of heart at the end of the movie, of course, uh, magically, uh, like is running like down the street to go like confess his faith or I don't remember exactly, but I do remember he gets hit by a car. Right. And then yeah. he's like dying on the sidewalk and they're like, do, do you, you love Jesus? Yeah, do you believe? And he says yes, and it just goes, eh. And like, they, they might as well have drawn the X's over his eyes like it was a cartoon. I, yeah, I've, uh, you may have a different view of this movie, David. I don't think you do, but it, this sucks. This thing sucks. It's terrible. Yeah, it, well, what's really sad and frustrating is like, it's based on a true story of like this professor actually like told people to write God's dead and turn it in. And this kid refused and he, um, went through this whole process of trying to convince his pre professor. I don't remember in real life if the professor died, but I think at the end the professor actually ended up becoming a Christian, which is a really cool story. Like, but horribly executed on the big screen. Um, yeah, I and you know, I I think 2014 me as a kid, I think I did text five people I knew because at the end it says text five people you know hashtag God's not dead, and I was like heck yeah, I'm texting it. But I'll, now that I've you know. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's not that great, um, which is just too bad because, you know, it kind of becomes a laughing stock, and um, you hope that Christianity as a whole doesn't become that. But it, 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 it's not, it wasn't good. It's cheesy. It's underfunded. It's the acting's not great. It's, yeah. Well, so. this is the problem with pure flicks movies. Um, and I've said this a lot, and uh, we actually had a conversation like this in a Bible study in college. And there, yeah, you have to, like, there's no reason that Christians shouldn't be able to good, make good art. And there are Christians that make good art consistently. Case in point, or or you can make Christian stories good. Case in point, Prince of Egypt. I don't know a single person that doesn't love the Prince of Egypt. That is a yep. Old Testament Bible story that has been told countless times in countless forms in television and movies. And the best rendering is an animated film in which... Like it changes your life when you watch it almost. Yeah. And yeah. and so these pure flicks movies have just a message they want to preach to you, which isn't necessarily bad unless you you don't agree with the message, right? But that's all they have. They have a message mm -hmm. and they never can build anything around it. And the story is just a crappy dime store novel in service of that message and it's written by a person who has no business being a screenwriter every time and they're bad they're all bad and i don't care if they have a good story behind them because like you said this could be an interesting story but they're just all bad and i can't i just ah and david might pick another christian movie in the worst one because there's another one that is a front runner that has an a-list movie star in it from this year that is just woefully terrible and you don't understand how and it, this is just a very frustrating film to me. So yeah, God's not dead. Worst of easy, easy worst movie for me. Not not even close. Now, dumb fun. That's what I'm going to take next. Okay, I like that. There's a couple of movies that are just good that I can't take in dumb fun because they're not that dumb. But a movie that that I think is the epitome of dumb fun um, is 22 Jump Street. And so mm. I would be taking that in dumb fun. 22 Jump Street, um, I think might be better than the original, in my opinion. Um, okay. It is really? okay. the sequel to the movie that is based on an 80s TV show that stars Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. This time they go to college and are trying to 
stop a drug smuggling ring in college. It has some of the like actually most quoted memes ever in internet history. My name is Jeff comes from this film. If you don't know, um, it's just, it's hilarious. It's, it's got the funniest gags. Uh, I think one of the hardest I've ever laughed at a comedy first time watching it was the scene in which, um, you figure out that or Channing Tatum's character figures out that Jonah Hill's character slept with ice cubes daughter. And, and they're just mad and he's running around the precinct. Oh, Oh, you slept with the captain's daughter. Oh, and it's hilarious. I, this movie is just really funny. It's not a, yeah. it's, I don't even know if I would put it up with one of the best comedies of the 21st century, although it might be, because quite frankly, they don't make a lot. And that list is probably pretty short, but <laughs> Um, it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's a movie you turn on. It's, it's a good, like hangout movie where you have people over. You're like, you ever seen 22 jump street? They're like, nah. And they're like, I haven't even seen the first one. You're like, you don't really need to. And you just put it on and it's, it's great. It's got some good one-liners, a couple of great gags and some action scenes that are just fun, funny action comedy. So 22 jump street, not a lot to say about it, uh, but solid. Yeah. I haven't seen this. Um, I just recently watched the first one and I was like bracing myself like, Oh no. But actually, it was it was funny, and it wasn't too far in any you know certain category. And I, I, I thought it was well, funny. But you say you say this is better than the first one, maybe. Yeah, I think it's funnier. I I, I just think it's funnier. Also, there's not the weird. Twenty One Jump Street has a little bit of the aging thing where they're in high school, doing this in a yeah. high school. They're adults. Yeah. You're like this is creepy, and that you can't shake that from your brain. At least I can't the whole time. Even though they go to painstaking lengths to be like. Brie Larson's character is 18. It's okay. It's not. <laughs> um, so that when call when it gets to college, it's just like, all right, I don't have the extra baggage, which may be why I like 22 more. So, yeah. All right, okay. David, where are you going here? I got, so I got my final two picks, right? Yep. Worst movie dumb and fun dumb fun. And... Well, we, we talked about a, this being a really good year and I feel like we still have some movies left. So like, there's not really a, uh, an issue of taking i um i so i'm going to now that you've picked already and i know it won't affect i'm gonna move my guardians of the galaxy to dumb fun i realize now with what i want to pick next i think guardian of the galaxy is more of a dumb fun if that's okay with you because i'm about to pick my dumb fun now or i'm about to pick my wild card now is that okay or I do you want I'll, no, allow I, I'll allow it that's fine Okay. It's a I was wondering insulting that you're calling it dumb, but it's fine. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Maybe not then, because I had a different understanding of what dumb fun. I mean, okay. Well, I, I think I guess it's up to your interpretation of what dumb fun is. Dumb fun to me is a movie that I would never be like, this is great, but it's a lot of fun to watch. Okay. Well, no, I think it's a great movie, so we should probably leave it there then. Um. No, that's fair. I'll do my worst movie then first because that's obviously a lot easier to pick. Um, and as you mentioned, there are a couple kind a couple of, hard of garbage. To, yeah, kind of impressive actually. Um, and I think you won't I, you won't be surprised by this. I'm gonna go a movie starring Nicolas Cage um, titled mm. Left Behind. Another um, another Christian film from this year. Oh, it is Christian. That's right. I thought you were talking about another one, um, which wasn't as bad as these two. But wait, there's uh, another time... Christian movie that I. Heaven is for real. Oh, 
It's like a 2.5. Oh, it's a little oh higher. Oh my gosh, dude. Noah also came out in this year. I could have been talking about that movie too because Noah sucks. That's true. <laughs> but it's not nearly as bad as these though, right? I don't think. No, no. At least there's like something, there's some cool visuals in Noah. Left Behind is terrible. Go ahead. Talk yeah. about it. Uh, it is a 1.2 out of 5 on Letterboxd uh, starring, yeah, Nicolas Cage, uh, Chad, Michael Murray, and then yeah, you probably don't know anybody else. And it's Michael about the Murray. it's about the rapture. It's about the rapture. Um, I think you know we talk about people talk about Nicolas Cage just not getting many roles anymore and running out of money. And I think that this movie did that to him. I think it's if anybody watched this, job. Yeah. I think this was the reason people were like, I don't know if I want Nicolas Cage in my movie. Um, He's probably made his recovery since, but yeah, this movie's not great, not good. There's, it's there's uh, two sequels. Are you serious? It's a rapture. How? Well, there's there is um, Left Behind: Rise of the Antichrist, which is coming out this year, or maybe it's already come out. Um, directed by Kevin Sorbo, who is just a full loon these days. He used to play. Hercules in TV shows in the nineties. Hercules, and then Hercules. Left behind, left behind, vanished. The next generation. What are they saying that Jesus comes back again and gets the ones that? Uh, when millions of people begin to disappear, Gabby. Wait, when millions of people begin to disappear, Gabby, his sister, and their other companion companies will have to stick together for survival and f- to figure out what happened behind of an indescribable occurrence they couldn't even write a tagline that made sense what's crazy is that's the highest rated one the 2.0 to be fair it's only been seen by 237 people so that's that's, i mean that's fair also there is another left behind there was one in in 2000 as well i think that's the one i'm more familiar with it's not nearly as bad right it's the one starring kirk cameron well it's got a 1.6 i think nearly But Kirk Cameron has kind of also been a staple of these Christian movies like Fireproof um, and Saving Christmas, which is, wow, Saving Christmas is a 0.8 out of five stars. I've never seen a film below one. Yeah, that's dangerous. You're getting into (laughs) like the worst ranked film on on this app, you know? I, I, it's on Amazon Prime. You want to watch it tonight? Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Anyway, left behind. Sorry. Yep. My worst movie pick. Um, and honestly, that you can make an argument. It might be up there for worst movie outside of 2014, like just a decade uh, ever. Or, yeah. Of ever. So, so that, yeah, that's so, a good category. We got a good movie so there. The, 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 this movie just follows a group of people that are left behind after the rapture. Right. And that's like their whole, I don't remember it that well. I saw it like right when it came out. And if I remember right, the first like 15 minutes are like introducing everybody. And so it's like 20, 25 minutes in where the rapture happens. And then the next 25 minutes is like the process of everybody freaking out, what's happening. And it kind of ends with like, we were left behind, but we're still going to preach the word of God and still continue his. Because like the, the main character is like a preacher, I think. And he didn't get like taken. So they're like, that group of people are like trying to figure out like, wait, why weren't we, why didn't we go to heaven? You know? So then they're, I think at the end it resolves with, well, we're still going to do the work uh, of the Lord and, 
and we're still going to preach his name and even yeah. though we weren't taken. Yes. I just, my advice to anybody in the future is just don't try to adapt revelation. It's yeah, pretty the- <laughs> tough. I just I just stay away. <laughs> I just I just wouldn't do it. So that's just that's my advice. So yeah, just just stick away from yeah. that. Absolutely. All right. My last pick, dumb fun. I have a couple here. Um they're fun and they're kind of dumb. And I think me just actually breaking that up helped me select what I wanted to do. I'm going to choose the first Godzilla. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Gareth Edwards, uh, starring Aaron Taylor Johnson, Elizabeth Olsen, uh, Juliette Binoc. Um, no, I don't recognize her. I thought I would. Brian Cranston, is it? Uh, Ken Watanabe. Um, some good actors. Um, and honestly, it's it's a fun movie. Um, the plot is as exactly as you expect it to be. Is a large dinosaur, you know, is loose in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they they got to fight it. They got to figure out how do we, you know, contain this just behemoth of a monster. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's not bad. It's not my. It's not the best movie of all time, but it's really entertaining. Um, the visuals are good. Um, and yeah, you know, if on a Friday night you're like, hey, I'm in the mood to watch Godzilla, and I'll probably be like. Sure, let's let's do it. So, it's kind of where I stand with that. The only the only problem I have with this movie is that it kind of takes a while to Godzilla. You know, like I get that like yeah. a lot of these movies is anticipation building, but like one of my one of my favorite parts about Godzilla versus Kong or Kong versus Godzilla, whichever order that's supposed to be in, was that they just like jumped into it right away. They're like, hey, look, it's King Kong. Isn't that sick? And then, hey, look, it's Godzilla. Isn't that also sick? And you're like, yeah, that's true. I, that's true. I love that. Uh, did you see that there's a teaser trailer for the next um, Godzilla versus Kong movie? No. Yeah. So it looks. I I don't. And again, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't been a Godzilla person. I don't. I don't know any of the backstory of anything. All I know is that it looks like the new villain is going to be this giant orangutan with glowing blue eyes. Seems I'll probably watch sick. it. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, <laughs> I mean, for all of my, they don't make, they don't make prestige films to be watched in theaters anymore. I'm gonna go see two 80 foot monsters fight another 80 foot monster. Like, I'm just gonna do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Because I am an American, damn it, and that's that's my right. Um, Godzilla. Yeah. Godzilla. So this was the first. Um, is this the first time? That I, I think I ever saw Elizabeth Olsen in a non non MC. I mean, uh, yeah, this in Winter Soldier came out in the same year, so I think this is the mm. first time I saw Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's kind of so, cool. And she's on some sort of show on HBO Max right now that I keep getting ads for that I have no interest in watching. But Sophie uh, started power, it. more more power to her. Yeah, yeah, I, isn't it? I think it's one of those based on a true story, like crime things. I'm, I'm yeah, Jesse out. Jesse Plemons is, I think, stars in it as well. I've seen a couple of that of the the trailers for it, and I I like Elizabeth Olsen in MCU things. I, I her accent is in no way believable to me in that movie or that TV mm-hmm. show, and so I'm I think I'm just kind of out. Yeah. Um. So there's that, but yeah, Godzilla, it's fun. It's. I mean, it's a. It's Godzilla movie. So that's at the very baseline. You'd hope that it's fun. It's definitely better than all monsters attack. I'll say that. Um, 
Well, I mean, that's another podcast. I don't know about that. Yeah, just, I still can't <laughs> believe we watched that movie. It was so, it was so funny. When we had, HBO we Max, the, people, check it out. And we watched the whole thing, too. We, yeah. had, we, we watched the entire luckily, movie. Luckily, it was like 87 minutes. It wasn't like – it wasn't yeah. – wasn't a four-hour epic. Yeah. Yep. All right. I have wild card left. Uh, and this is tough because, quite frankly, there's a lot of good movies here, and I'm not going to be able to talk about some of them. I think I know um, where you're going to pick. Maybe. I think – oh, I just saw another one. Oh, Um. yeah, okay. Sorry, this is – you got the mic, not me. Uh, I'm going to go with Alex Garland's Ex Machina here. Um, which is a 2014 um, sci-fi thriller. One of the first A24 films I ever remember seeing. Again, A24 is a production studio. They are not curators for content. I think people mistake them for that a little too much. But it's a movie about a genius um, coder who's created... uh, played by Oscar Isaac, who's created this Google-esque company and is now working on artificial intelligence. And he gets um, one of the programmers for his company to go out on an exclusive retreat to his kind of mansion. Also, the main character's name is Nathan. Sick. Just a sick name. Shout out, Nathan. Um and he's supposed to do Turing tests, which is just the test whether the artificial intelligence um, is, you know, smart, sentient, is it a robot or not. Um, and it just devolves from there. So it's just a series of, of interactions with Ava, the Alicia Vikander artificial intelligence robot that is the most sophisticated thing ever. And it's really a story. It's It's a classic, like, kind of robot story in that, you know, you're trying to figure out whether this robot has emotions, whether this robot is human, whether this robot feels and thinks and how it interacts with people. And predictably, things don't really go to plan. Um, and I don't really want to explain a lot outside of that. It's great. It's fantastic. It, it, yeah. This movie is chilling. It, it points. It's uh, Oscar Isaac is a very convincing, um, for lack of a better term, douchebag in, in this movie. Uh, um, Domo Gleason's good. Alicia Vikander, this might be her best role. Um, twist and turns, uh, intense, like so, some intense set pieces, but also just beautiful scenery. Like these yeah. in a remote, like Scandinavian, like country, and um, just out in the forest, and just beautiful imagery, especially the CGI with with the robot and the artificial intelligence is really well done. Um, this is just a very sleek movie uh, and I really enjoyed it. So ex machina for, yeah, I did too. Um, I just recently watched this. I watched it. We watched it on our honeymoon, um, which oddly enough, we were at cabins, like in a cabin in the, in the woods. Yeah, that's, so. That was probably a really great setting to watch that film or yeah. not great, depending on your, I guess how you felt, but no, we both, Really liked it. This is one that we've talked about before, but I think either maybe I didn't get to or just wasn't really available um, and finally watched it and really enjoyed it. Honestly, I had this written down uh, a couple places and it was like when we talk about movies that just missed, this one was at the top for me of like, I almost picked this one for uh, making my one of my categories because I really liked it. I think it's a good movie. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
This was uh, close. The, the, we're just going to get the honorable mentions now. So the other movie that I was choosing between, it was either this or The Raid 2, um, oh. which is the sequel to the Gareth Evans action epic. Um, but you, you've seen the first Raid movie, right? I think. Yeah, we watched it yeah. at 715. Yeah, in one of the just best action movies of of the 2010s. Uh, the Raid 2 is even better than that. Um, the kitchen fight is one of the best fights ever. Uh, just a lot of hand-to-hand, very brutal action style, though. This is this is for people who truly, truly love action films, not just like a, a popcorn flick because they're not that. Um, and also, it's not in English, so that's that's uh, tough for some people as well. David, what were some movies that just missed the cut for you? Um, honestly, one I'm surprised you didn't say, but especially maybe you will, but John Wick won. Um mm-hmm. Just in this, this, the birth of this franchise, I, I, I thought you'd put that either as dumb fun or a wild card pick. Um, but again, there's a lot of good movies. Um, something else, we just watched How to Train Your Dragon series, and number two is good. Number two is really, really good animated movie, and honestly, this trilogy is one of the better animated trilogies, I think, that's been created. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of uh, probably a wild card pick going way off honestly i almost picked as above so below because i think it's a really quality it's uh, a great horror movie yeah um so those three were really close um very different movies from each other actually realizing now um but those three were close to being picked yeah good good claustrophobia in as above so below which apparently for me is an important thing so one of my other favorite horror movies the descent um also has a lot of claustrophobia in it as well um which is how i found out that i am claustrophobic um, we should mention this is the year of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, um, which I think yep. is towards the top for both of us MCU wise. X Men: Days of Future Past, which may be the best X Men movie, also this year. Um, Paddington, which is a movie that people look down on when you first say, "Hey, it's about a CGI British bear who goes to stay with a family and really likes marmalade." The movie's charming as hell. Uh, made my father cry. So, <laughs> you know, it's, there you go. and that's not an easy thing to do. I think I've seen him cry like five times in my entire life. And so that's a lot. Um, Kingsman, uh, David, how do you feel about Kingsman? The first one? Um, it's okay. I have it right here. A three out of five. Um, we have the same I, exact I, reaction. <laughs> oh, you have it a three out of five too. Yeah. yeah I'm this feels like I'm a movie also, that, okay. like, after a week of watching, I forgot about it because I'm trying to even remember what it's about. Um, I think I feel like this way about the entire series. We just watched uh, The King's Man, uh, and all of us and unit and Unity, where it was, was like this might be the worst movie of the year. Um, <laughs> the the end credits tease of the Hitler Stalin team up at the end of The King's Man is one yeah. of the most absurd things I've ever seen in a major film. So, you know, this, if I remember right, maybe it's kind of like a fun, like if you turn your brain off, the action and the spy aspects kind of fun, but I, it was okay for me. I probably won't ever watch it again. And I, that doesn't really affect me or bother me in any way, you know? Yeah. This was like, I think a lot of people just thought this was the peak of action filmmaking. And there was Matthew Vaughn did do a lot of interesting stuff with the, the scenes. It's kind of a against the what the MCU has become is a lot of long takes. Um, and there is a there is a long, long one take of him fighting in a killing members of a Westboro Baptist Church-esque 
Congregation in Kentucky set to the guitar solo from Freebird. And that's fantastic. But I think that's really only part of the movie that's worth much. Um, and the rest of it's just nah for me. This is this is kind of highly rated. I actually was yeah. surprised to see that. It's There's a lot of high opinions on this. The second one was pretty divisive. And then I think the third one is pretty squarely in the not liked category. Um, yeah. So, so there's that. I think really the only other one... I enjoyed the imitation game. Um, I, I thought that was that that was a good movie, um, kind of a drama starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, I thought that was good, enjoyable, um, kind of depressing. I'm finding that I'm just a lot of depressing movies. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't know. Were there any other ones that might be caught your attention? Uh, Selma. I, I think that that's not a movie that's necessarily rewatchable. But one of the better, uh, I think, biopics um, based on Martin Luther King. This is also the year of The Hobbit, um, Battle of the Five Armies, which is kind of a disappointing end to a disappointing trilogy. Uh, American Sniper, I remember being a huge deal Mm -hmm. this year. I thought it was decent. Um, And then when I learned more and more about Chris Kyle person i thought it was less decent um the equalizer kind of like peak peak late denzel right you know you got you got ham just as the unstoppable killing machine who's out to just protect the innocent that's good i think the one uh, three movies i want to mention three movies here the best one that we haven't talked about is dawn of the planet of the apes which is the sequel to Rise, um, is the best in that trilogy, the Matt Reeves, Planet of the Apes trilogy, um, which I think is really, really good. Fury is also a movie that I think is good. It's a Brad Pitt tank movie mm. from World War II. And I then still haven't from, seen that. Yeah, I, w- I would highly recommend that one. It's, it's very good. And then the last one is this horror film, It Follows, um, which has got an interesting premise that turns a lot of people off. It is essentially just a physical manifestation of an STD that gets passed on through sleeping with people. And if you don't pass it on within like, I think it's 24 hours, um, you're killed by it. Some of the creepiest, like um, what I think, I think of one moment in this movie that really scares you was when the, you can see the monster, which is normally a person just slowly walking behind you essentially. And it eventually just catches up to you. Um, And one is where it's, it's like a normal woman walking, uh, close the door on them, and the door opens again, and it's like seven foot tall man just right there instantly. One of the most effective jump scares of the 2010s. Uh, you don't like that movie though, which fair, fair enough. Uh, yeah, it didn't I work it was, for me. I thought it was interesting, but other than that, um, I I don't know. I'm sure we're missing some Mockingjay Part Two things like that. You know, whatever. I but, really. I, I gave this movie a four out of five, which I've not seen this in forever, but Unbroken. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, okay. About an Olympic runner taken prisoner by the Japanese in World War II, actually directed by Angelina Jolie. I just realized that. Um, yeah, I did not I, remember that. Really worked for me. Now, I watched this when I was 14 or 15 when it first came out, so I'm that may, you know, that opinion mm. may change. Um, but I remember like being pretty moved by that movie. I didn't enjoy it per se because it's a World War II movie, but it really moved me. There's quite a few 
also disappointments, I think, in this year. Uh, movies like Ride Along, for me. Monuments Men is one of the most famous disappointments. That's a movie that has, like, Clooney, Damon, Murray, Goodman, Kate Blanchett, and it doesn't work at all. It's just not good. It's boring. It's just extremely boring. Mm-hmm. Lucy is bad. Um, Draft Day is hilariously dumb. If you care at all about the NFL and then try to watch what whatever's going on with Draft Day. And then we've already mentioned movies like Noah, A Million Ways to Die in the West, uh, Tusk. I do not like Tusk. Tammy, that was another half-star movie for me. Mm. Interesting year, 2014. Seen a lot of movies from that year. A lot of them are good. A lot of them are terrible. That just you happens. Know what, you know what should have belonged in the dumb fun category for one, one of us is Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb. You can't even look me straight in the face and tell me those two movies aren't fun to watch. Is that the movie that's also, is that the last Robin Williams like on-screen appearance? Is that that one? I know it's oh. one of the Night of Museums. I think it's that one, right? That's the second one. This one is, yeah. Yeah, because he died in 2014. No, and this movie this came out in 2014. Or the a third one. Battle so. of the Smithsonian. I think this I is. Forgot. Yeah, I think this is his yeah. last. Because I remember, I heard- like, I was like, why did I cry watching this movie? And that that would be why I cried watching this movie. Yeah. So, fair enough. Yeah, the Night at Museums, that was fun, right? You remember in, when, was it the first one came out? Um in 2006, maybe it was a little later, the second one, whenever everybody on the planet was doing, every every boy was doing the boom, boom, firepower and the dumb, dumb, give me gum, gum thing. Yeah, that was just, that just captured our generation in a way that I don't think another movie has since catchphrase-wise. So No. Honestly, the first one is actually like kind of decent to me, I think. If I remember right, like it, it probably... The second one, I like, think these movies are fun. They're not great, but they're yeah, fun to watch. Really enjoyable. Fun. Yeah. Ben Stiller does a good job um, with what he's given. So, right, yeah, man, the, we almost picked a too uh, too much of a goaded year. There's just so many movies to talk about. It's much yeah. different than our last one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Where we we're like stealing each other's and bouncing back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So. There's not a lot of there wasn't a lot of like contention here. I think that the only thing I, I was worried you were going to take Grand Budapest before I could. That was like the one I thought that you were going to take because I knew Interstellar and Gone Girl. Like you're going to take Interstellar first. I'm going to take yep. Gone Girl first. Like we're not going to take each other's there. But I thought maybe you'd try to slide in Grand Budapest where I could get it. I bounced on my second pick. Great director. I was like, do I choose Grand Budapest or Whiplash? And honestly, what I didn't choose, you probably were going to choose. If I choose yeah. Grand Budapest, uh, you probably going to choose Whiplash 100%. for great director. 100%. So, yeah. Really, really good year. Some dark movies and some not so much dark movies. So you kind of have a good variety. Yeah. Everything you want. Just try to mix and match. I, I, yeah. wouldn't, watch, I wouldn't watch Gone Girl and Nightcrawler in the same night. That's kind of a lot. Oh my goodness. I literally can't maybe, imagine. Maybe, yeah. Maybe watch, maybe watch Gone Girl and then Guardians of the Galaxy. You know? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I respect that. Well, about does it for me. Anything else you want to want to add, Nathaniel? Nope. I, the, the only thing I'd like to add is that you never call me that again, as I have expressly <laughs> told you multiple times. You know, you know your name in my phone. I changed it. Is it Nathaniel? It's Nate. Ugh, that's almost, it's not worse, but it's close. Because I realized all you guys on my phone were like your first and last names. I'm like, why am I so formal? So it's Clocky, oh. Tej, and Nate now. I'm going to call you Davey. Oh, that's mine. 
That's yeah. bad. <laughs> That's bad. All right. Well, we should call it. Nathan and I got to play some Fortnite after this, so uh, <laughs> we will we will wrap it up here. <laughs> uh, this has been a 2014 movie draft. A little bit of a preview of the third volume of Gardens of the Galaxy uh, opening theaters this Friday. Uh, but it's been What Do You Want to Watch? Thank you all for listening. Talk to you later. Bye. Uh,